Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the second Friday of the month, which means it's time for Food Addiction Friday with Dr. Joan Iflin. But before I introduce her, she has a guest today, I'd like to let you know that my book, Unprocessed, is on sale for almost 30% off on Amazon. And if you buy it and send us your receipt or a screenshot of your receipt to chefajbonus at yahoo.com, we'll send you some incredible bonuses, including a two-hour cooking class that I sell for $25 with the PDF. And even if you bought the book a long time ago, it's okay. Amazon will get you your receipt. You do the same, and we're happy to give you the bonus. Please welcome Dr. Joan Iflin. It's nice to see you again. Oh, Chef AJ, I'm always so glad to be here. I appreciate what you do so much, the books, your shows. You are reaching people. You are saving lives. Well, thank you. And today, you. we're going to make that super explicit. Yeah. Well, Which I can is, say the same for you. Now, I know you have uh, a guest today. Maybe you can tell the audience what the topic and the guest is. Yes, this is Anne Fonfa. We are going to be talking about remission. Remission is my new theme. You guys know that for 27 years, I've been promoting recovery from processed food addiction, and we're ready to expand our horizons into general remission of disease. So over these five years, I've helped people get off of processed foods. I've helped them get off the stressful messaging in their lives and positive thinking. And... Um, I kind of out of the edge of my vision, I've seen so many different diseases go into remission. And Anne is going to help us understand why. So uh, Anne, I just wondered if you would like to start out with your story. And then my second question is going to be, what are you doing to help people today? So if you'd like okay. to start with that. Thank you. I, I appreciate being asked to be here. So uh, my story is that I was diagnosed with breast cancer in January of 1993, uh, just before my 45th birthday. And mm -hmm. um, back in 1993, there was no internet and people didn't talk about cancer out loud. It was a whisper. I remember my grandmother whispering. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I was lucky enough to be in New York City at the time. And there, were, there was a support group, one of the earliest ones. So I was dealing with multiple chemical sensitivity. And at the time of diagnosis, I had rashes, I had stomach pains, I had dizziness, nausea, so terrible headaches. And I had to go to bed maybe two or three days a week. I, I was just not functioning normally because of smells, chemicals, people's personal fragrances, wet paint, carpeting, just you name it, it bothered me. It's all and, exuding chemicals. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, it, and there was no medical doctor who would give me a diagnosis. I didn't really mm. go to many doctors because I had a friend who was a pediatric allergist. And I called him when this started. I started connecting things. You know, I was in the I, I lived caddy corner from a big department store in Manhattan. And I used to walk through and then I couldn't do that anymore because I'd be so ill. Uh, I, just, mm. so I said to my friend, the allergist, you know, I'm having these terrible headaches and I know who's wearing fragrance when they're behind me. I don't have to see them. I can tell when people are cleaning their house next door. And yeah. he said, oh, you had a bad experience and now you're thinking about it. So if a friend didn't accept it, I thought no one's going oh, to. Oh, my goodness. That was the response? Yeah. So you I didn't take it. You had a bad experience and now you're yeah. thinking about it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, kind of along the lines of, oh, this is all in your head. Yeah, you're hysterical. Oh, so the dismissal. Oh. Yeah. Right. 
So now this oh, is the big I'm so sorry. And I find something uh, on the left breast at two o'clock. Now, interesting to your audience would like to know maybe 50% of all breast cancer is the left breast at two o'clock. So if you think of noon is the top. So the clock goes, you know, two. Mm -hmm. 50%. So I later discovered that in Chinese medicine, that's where a lot of meridians cross over, including digestive mm -hmm. meridians. Mm -hmm. So my big issue in life, other than the chemical sensitivity, was my lack of peristalsis. And uh, I was basically constipated a large time in my life. And mm -hmm. that leads to excess estrogen, which we now know is part of a breast cancer risk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm diagnosed. Um, and it happened very suddenly. It happened on a, I was, I went to the you know, at a place to get a mammogram and they send me to a surgeon. I knew so little about medicine that I didn't know I could choose my own doctor. So here uh -huh. I am, a male doctor, whereas I favor female doctors. They're more compassionate. Anyway, so he tells me, oh, if you need a lumpectomy, that's what we're going to give you. And I was thinking, oh, great, I'll keep my breast, you know, this would be great. And his nurse comes in, she says, your insurance company okayed it. And I thought, wow, I must have terrible cancer because I only have four days. I'm going to have surgery on Monday. So again, knowing nothing. And um, through that, that Friday, Saturday, I lay in bed with my husband lying my ass off, excuse me, my butt off, you know, saying, oh, I, everything will be fine, honey, don't worry. You know, we won't think it's the last oh, Saturday. And I didn't oh. even make 45. So, and Sunday night at eight o'clock, this woman calls me and she says to me, you don't know me, but someone told me you have breast cancer and I want you to know I'm a 10 year survivor. Now I say this, 30 years later, and the hair on my arm rises as it always does because she saved my life, knowing that I could survive, change my mindset. And I went oh, in in a completely oh. different way. Okay. Oh. Now, because of my chemical sensitivity, I saw an oncologist and the guy was very abrupt. Oh, he says to me, I said, Doc, I have a problem. He says, doesn't matter. I said, okay, I tell you what it is. And then I tell him, and he says, oh, it doesn't matter. So I left saying to myself, how, how can I do chemotherapy when he doesn't even want to hear who I am and what my issues oh, are? Oh my gosh, this is just so awful. Yeah, it was tough. So so my thought was, you know, I'll make lifestyle changes. I was a vegetarian, but you could, it's possible, as everyone in the audience knows, it's possible to be unhealthy eater of any strain. So I always had a case. And, <laughs> oh, you know, yes. The food manufacturers can make any kind of right. food uh, into right. any kind so, of horrible food into a healthy food. Yeah. And I traveled for business. So I was going to places where I could not access decent food. I mean, you know, when I traveled in the 80s, the, the 70s and the 80s. So back then you went into a restaurant. I went into a restaurant. I say to the, to the server, OK, I see you have lamb chops with asparagus. Hold the lamb chops and give me the asparagus. And then I see you have broccoli with the Oh, and then the server would say to me, and I mean this sincerely, but what are you going to eat? <laughs> I'm going to have a plate of vegetables, which you're going to assemble. OK, but I was not, you know, nothing was organic because I was traveling. I had an organic garden at home, but I couldn't access it more than two days a week. Mm -hmm. So, and I would go to Wendy's with my team. I, I travel to a city, I meet the team, and I would have everything but the hamburger. <laughs> I was having the white bun, special sauce, oh, okay, the lettuce, okay. the cheese. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I'm healthy. Yeah, right. yeah. so, I determined in my mind, this is it. I'm going to be really serious. I decided to be vegan. Now, I can tell your audience that 100% you do not need to be vegan, but you need to eat fruits and vegetables, organic whenever possible whenever possible. And I can afford it and I could afford it luckily. So I was eating as close to 100% organic as possible, but I love Indian food. So once a week, I always have Indian food, not organic, but delicious. Okay. And the spices, you know, turmeric, very healthy. So I made lifestyle changes and I was part of a support group where everyone else was going into conventional treatment. 
having chemo, having radiation, which I also refused left side, my heart, my lung. I said, no. Um, so everyone else, they're becoming ill. You know, they're, they're losing their hair. They're, they're nauseous all the time, et cetera. And their skin, they lose their color. And everyone starts saying to me, and what do you, what's that juice you're making? Can you tell us what the juice is? So yeah, I juice. what an angel you were to them. Yeah. Well, you know, I had the right, the right opportunity. So I would let everyone taste the juice. They wanted to walk with me. They walked with me, you know, because exercise very important, no matter what your lifestyle. Exercise and exercise plus socializing at the same time is compounding all the improvements in your blood composition. Absolutely. Brilliant. And I, you Brilliant. Know, I, but I was inventing it really. <laughs> I didn't know. I always say I stumble, fumbled, mumble my way through, you know, but here I am 30 years later. So, yeah. so being with these other women, you know, and they were benefiting and we could all see it. We could all see it. And that was very important. I kind of joke around, you know, we invented integrative medicine. Who knew? So but so it, when you say the other women were benefiting, they were tasting your juice. They were walking with you, which is also socializing. They were benefiting. How did it show up? Well, they so were benefiting. They, yeah, they were less ill. And less some Ill. of them were trying supplements, too. They were experienced less, less ailments from treatment. Okay. And that became very important to me to see that the complementary, there was nothing called complementary back then. It was all called alternative. In fact, the original oncologist said to me, yoga, are you trying to kill yourself? So, so yeah, that, it wasn't great, but, but that's what it, the way it was and no internet. So these women were saying, you know, I'll try a supplement maybe, I'll make that juice, I'll walk with you. And they began to be less nauseous, less, okay. you know, less nauseous. disruption of their body systems. Okay. Unfortunately, okay. cancer treatment, while it kills cancer cells, it also harms normal cells. I, I and, know. It's just, oh. um, it's a, you have the, the cancer and then you have the treatment. Right. You've got two awful things going on. And yeah. yes, so, and I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I do what you do is I help people get past uh, you know, the medical, I call it the medical services industry. It's not really healthcare, but you can go there and you can buy medical services to try to get them beyond that. So I'm really resonating with what you're talking about. Cool. Juicing, yeah, walking, socializing. These things yeah. change the composition of what is in your blood. Yes. So yay. We didn't know it back then, but we were doing it. And, you know, and it was really, it was fabulous because it also gave me the idea. Doctors don't pay enough attention to the harms. They're so focused on treating you and you're suffering. Why is that? So they have licenses, don't they? And they have standards of care and they're required to say this and they're not allowed to say that. But I am so glad you're bringing up that issue because Doctors are trained in a certain way. They're licensed with limitations. And you and you're just like the best example of what happens when you when you accept that. Okay, they've got great training, but it's here and it's here. And there are all these other things out there that we can do, not just for cancer, but for every every diagnosis. That's right. That's right. And and it's exactly it's amazing because it's our human body. And it, we're enhancing our, our human body. And that mm-hmm. is for everything, every disease. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting to me that there's a lot of talk about it now, but there's no action. Because if there isn't a drug, then the doctors are not really 
sure what to do. And even though they could say, oh yeah, we'll change what you eat, but there's still, some of them do. But unfortunately too many will say to a patient, well, it really doesn't matter what you no, eat. Yeah, that has no impact. Like I just talked to a person who put their really life-threatening uh, Crohn's in, in not entirely into remission, but got it to a, a much more manageable state. Like they were not going going to die. And they did it all by changing their diet. So this person goes into their professional and and says, you know, I, I just want you to know what I'm doing and it's working. And he describes all the changes in his diet. And the professional says, that has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. to do with it. Oh my gosh. There's like several schools of thought. One of them says, oh, keep doing what you're doing, but you don't have to tell me about it. And then that's even, you know, that's <laughs> I know, worse. I have no interest you don't in helping wanna, my other yeah, patients. You don't want to learn I, Or it may be that I'm not allowed to. Well, that too. And that's a problem. You can't vary from standard of care. But in my opinion, they could add to it. And that's what integrative medicine has become. You could add some things to help. If you're in um, an institution that will tolerate it. Yeah. So I true. have other doctor friends who have been pushed out of their institutions because yeah. they wanted to um, you know, eliminate processed foods and they wanted to increase healthy fats. So it's, it's dicey out there for these health professionals. But if you know what their niche is, what's their slot, what's their place on the team, then you can go and build your team, which it sounds like what you did. Well, yeah. And, you know, again, there was a lot of luck involved because I really didn't know, but I had a lot of recurrences and that's really interesting too, from a medical viewpoint. So mm. I had a recurrence less than two years later, which mm. is considered, you know, horrible. So mm. it turned out really, no one told me this, but I had what they call multifocal disease. So it was showing up over time because it always been there, but the recurrence that what they, what they were measuring then was the doubling rate of cancer cells. It was doubling slower than normal cells. So oh. I took that as a victory. I said, you yeah, know, totally, what I'm doing totally. is my stuff. Right. But, you know, I didn't get support from the dogs. But I didn't care because luckily for me, I'm strong enough to say to myself, this is fantastic. It's going slowly and slow cancer doesn't kill you. Plus tumors in the breast don't kill you. Now, I ended up having nine tumors in the breast before I had a mastectomy. That was crazy. And then I had a mastectomy. And then guess what? I got tumors on the chest wall. Now, two doctors tell me I'm stage four. And I said to to them both uh, i'm sorry but i don't know who you're talking to and yeah. i didn't accept it mentally and yeah. i didn't accept yeah. it physically but but yeah. the, the other point is when when people who've gone through conventional treatment doc is saying we're going to treat you you here we're going to cure you you have to ask your doctor what is the focus uh, of what do you mean by that what yes the and then what's the what are you actually are you adding am i going to spend two months in agony in the hospital in order to add two months to my lifespan Right. Yeah. And you have yeah. to ask, but people don't know that. I mean, you know, I, I, I was in charge of an uncle who had cancer and they said he had to have chemo right away or he'd die in three months. So I'm like, God, we gave him chemo and radiation. He died three weeks later. Conversation with the docs. What happened? Oh, we didn't promise anything because I heard cure and they were saying treatment. So it's very important in every disease. Situation yes. You know, that's what it is. That's my image of that industry. There are shelves. There are yeah. items on the shelves. You buy them just and. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. And, you know, some of them are trying, but as you say, they're limited. They're limited by the insurance company, by the, the bosses, whatever. It's very difficult. So patients, I'm an advocate. I have to be. I have to help other people because 
I now know a lot, a lot. Yeah. Over the years. I, I mean, oh, I have to say that from my perspective, having access to all this other knowledge. And I can I tell you guys, um, I met in through the radical remission work of <laughs> Kelly Turner. So um, you'll get to know more about Anne and in the radical remission docu-series, right. which I cannot recommend enough. Yeah. So tell us about what you do now. How do you help people okay. now? Thank you. So I, I was um, part of a support group, and then that expanded into running a, what we call the whole health study group. And I would try and bring uh, New York City, a lot of ac access. We'd bring in speakers to talk about other things. Like the first speaker was my good friend who had become an acupuncturist. So mm -hmm. I had complete faith in her. She was my buddy for years. She comes and she talks to people about acupuncture. Now, mm -hmm. I'd been having acupuncture from her just to be my friend's friend, you know. In three months, I stopped having menstrual cramps and I never got another one because I did do chemo. I went to normal natural menopause. So I was saying to people, I mean, it was unbelievable. I didn't know this could happen. And we'd have speakers on various things. Then I found out about clinics in Mexico and they send videos and we would show videos. And I kept notes of all these meetings and all these subjects. And we had doctors come in from all over the place because New York, if a doctor was coming to a conference in New York, they'd be in touch with us and they'd say, oh, well, I'm in town. Can I come? You know, and we'd have a meeting. <laughs> and it was wonderful. So at the end of that, it was, it was years worth. I had 65 pages of notes of events and I put it, you know, someone finally said, hey, why don't you put it online? So Oh, yeah, what a great idea. Because I was schlepping around paper like you cannot believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the National Breast Cancer Coalition's first conference. And I had 50 copies. I thought, for some reason, I thought one per state. <laughs> so I brought 50 copies, but it was 65 pages. So a lot. To... Believe me, friends, there were no rolling suitcases back then. It was tricky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But I managed it. And and I saw, you know, I went, to, I'm, I'm very friendly and very very open person. And I'm, yeah. I was a salesperson in business when I worked for money. Yeah. Now I'm a volunteer. And I, so I went from table to table with my cards and saying, hey, you know, I'm in, interested in, in uh, natural medicine, whatever we called it back then, complementary alternative, CAM. And I handed out my cards and I chatted with people and, and it worked. A lot of interest was generated. You built so, a network. You started building a network. Yeah. So then when I put the website up, I had groups to say to these various state groups, would you like to, you know, link to us? That's what happened. And there weren't a lot of websites in 1999 that were focused yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that was early. So we were very, you know, we'd come up number four in any search of a topic we had. Fantastic. And it was wonderful. Yeah, we literally, literally had millions of people seeing our site over, like, let's say a five-year period. But then mm -hmm. things switched around. It became pay for, to get famous. And we couldn't do that because we were all volunteer no real fundraising, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. in 2008, we started doing conferences and that became amazing. And it, it just really worked out. The first conference had 100 people. We served only organic food. We had like 16 speakers. It was too many, but I didn't know that back then. And, you know, it just, it was amazing to meet with like-minded people because yeah, most yeah. of the people had not ever met anybody else. They'd be in a support group and they weren't friendly. You know, people that weren't friendly about it. Yeah, for well, me, this like is it. a huge topic, the topic of community. Uh, Chef AJ has done an amazing job of creating an online community. We have also focused on that arena. And the cool thing is, is that the, the benefits of community come over a screen. 
the benefits or the negative. Like if you're in a negative community, that will make you sicker. But if you're in a positive community, if you're around positive people, good ideas, expertise, experience, then that that alone can make your can fill your blood with immune factors Amazing. and anti-inflammatory it's, it's immunity. So wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, this is epigenetics. You know, what you do impacts your your genes. It's amazing. Totally, Not, totally. Know, it's amazing. And more people can do that than have inherited bad genes. We discovered that over time. It's more like environmental issues now. And that was always discussed. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. World. That's totally. another great, great topic, which is this, um, you know, we've been told uh, this is genetic, but what turns on the genes or turns them off is your environment, your messaging, the people yeah. around you, what you're eating. Yeah, so absolutely. you're not condemned to anything by your genes because you can control how they replicate. Yes. And, you know, people don't hear that enough, but it's absolutely true. So in the cancer world in general, there's very little inherited cancer. People think, oh, you know, I, who knows what my mother had it. My but, aunt had it. I'm going right. to get it. I might as well give up and die. Inherited a mutation. However, no, but your your mother studies. and your aunt were eating processed foods. Well, and there are studies now that demonstrate that what you do changes your genes and you mm -hmm. can do it. And, and mm -hmm. people, even with the genetic mutation and the risk factors and all that, can still be helpful. But you have to have the, the ability to do it. And you don't get a lot of support about it. You know, our group is supportive, but we only can reach a certain amount of people. We are, we too. We're, we're, that's what our online community does is we I want to keep going down the list of things that help that actually research shows changes what is in your bloodstream. You've mentioned acupuncture, the walking, the socializing, the community. Right. Let's keep so, going, Anne. What in are my, yes, in my life, I avoid food additives, food color, mm -hmm. artificial color, artificial flavor, preservatives. Food is huge. All yeah. of those things are a negative in the human body. They're, yeah. And they're cumulative, you know, just like pesticides. Yeah. And yeah. that's why organic is better. So your audience probably knows about EWG.org, the organization. Yes, that tells the Environmental Working Group. And the least I just met him, Ken Cook, recently. Oh, cool. And it's very yeah. important to know because most people cannot afford all organic. Unfortunately, organic's more expensive. It shouldn't be. It should be less expensive because it's You know what safe. I tell people? The cheapest meal on the wor in the world, or at least in, in the United States where I am, is a cup of rice and a cup of beans, organic mm -hmm. cup of rice, organic cup of beans, 60 cents. Wow. Yes. And so helpful. Yeah, it's extraordinary. But, you know, one of my things was instead of certifying organic, we should be certifying sprayers. And then they have to have a list of what they sprayed. So you go to the supermarket and you read that list and you can decide, am I going to eat these strawberries when six chemicals were sprayed? I don't think so. Not going to work. You know, so that's that's a big area and it's cumulative in our fat cells. And I don't care. The thinnest person on earth has fat cells and yeah, they're, yeah. they're grabbing those chemicals and they're holding on to them. And it, yeah, it's so it's not just food. I, I learned this from Ken Cook is the head of the EWG. It's uh, I tell you what, I threw away all my household cleaners, white vinegar, yeah, yeah. Uh, baking soda, water. <laughs> It's just like that's my whole list of cleaners. I'm smell. with you. I hate the smells of even the biodegradable stuff. I try to use the no, new things. No, no, yeah. Laundry detergent possible. I like a little tiny bit. You don't need a cup. That's been shown too. That it's too yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, I think most often my clothes just need rinsing. 
Yeah, someone do just I really need to put a chemical on them? No, I mean, I'm not. No. I'm like no. chained to my desk. There's not a lot of dirt around. Here. Someone said so. if you put an ice, someone just told me today, if you put an ice cube in your dryer, your clothing will stay unwrinkled. I thought that was cool because. You know, I, I saw that too, because the humidity from the ice cube melting. Yeah, so ah. that's not, I'm going to try it. What the yeah, heck? Absolutely. So, absolutely. So another thing that I've done for myself and for my husband there's no plastic stuff in our house or there's the yes. minimum, yes. The minimal plastic. We yes. use glass. I use a glass bowl, glass plate. You know, I use. They have, the, um, they have right. well, That's even the snap on lids are, are plastic, but I just last fall standing in um, my little local co-op, I said to myself, I am never going to buy anything in plastic again. Mm -hmm. Like it's so sad. There are all the beautiful herbs. They're all lined up. They used to be you just reached over, put a bunch in your basket. Now they're all encased in plastic. I will not buy them. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah. It's very difficult. It, it, you know, everywhere there's you want to buy blueberries, they're in a plastic thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, like even frozen blueberries are in a plastic flexible. Yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. But, you know, we have to work with the best options available. And, mm -hmm. and today I was reading two interesting things. One, I'm sure you all know, uh, diabetes is on the rise, both kinds of diabetes, type one and type two for younger, and younger people. Younger and younger. Clearly, clearly food and environment related. Clearly nothing. I mean, there's no, you know, what change could account for that in such a short time. Then awesome. I was reading a really interesting study. Before, this is so crazy. It was on Medscape, which is a doctor thing. The headline says, a keto diet twice as likely to get heart disease or something along those lines. And then you read the article and it's the opposite. The article is all this critique of the study that said that it was terrible and saying, you know, none of this applies in real life. And it was just fascinating. I, I can, I can read the. So it was a massive distortion. You know, that's yes. another incredible the topic headline. we could go the into. That's the you got to remember that media makes its money from processed foods and pharmaceuticals. So they're yeah, not, yeah, you know, coherent breathing is free and it's phenomenal. Do you use breath work, Ian? Do I use what? I'm sorry. Breath work. Breath work. Breath um, work. Um, like uh, coherent breathing or box breathing or Wim Hof well, breathing. I do, I do not, not so organized as you're making it sound, I'm afraid, but I do some yoga breathing that I've been taught. Yeah, that is, that's breathing. Breath work yeah, uh, is very simple. involved in I, yoga. I, it's simple, probably simpler than you have in mind, but yeah, I do some. So this it's is good. another great topic we could probably talk about for days is how yeah. media distorts in order to protect the pharmaceutical and processed foods industry. Like uh, this is it. why Chef AJ is so incredible, incredibly uh, valuable. She's bringing original research directly so, to her yeah, audience. I think it's very typical of the, the media presentation when it, there's any kind of study against a vitamin, against a natural substance, they jump on it. It's oh. the only study in the universe. And then you can, I mean, people like me, I critique those studies because, you know, so this expert said, you can't pay too much attention to the headlines or the study's conclusion because uh, it, the LDL increase that they were talking about was so small, it certainly doesn't produce a doubling in cardiovascular risk. Plus those people were quite ill, they had a higher incidence of diabetes, their risk profile was different, blah, blah, blah. It was just such an obvious thing, but you know, the headline 
it's tough. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the headline that they wanted to get paid for. Yeah, right. And you know, the, the other thing that's going on. So, I mean, I I hardly I will not do it. I won't read a health article in a in a mainstream media outlet because I like this whole chase for um, a, whole, a, a drug for Alzheimer's. No, no, no. Alzheimer's is just the result of all these environmental factors. And uh, you can unpeel and undo Alzheimer's. Wonderful protocols for it. Not easy to do always, but, you know, the chase for a drug. Oh, now because processed foods really cripple mitochondria function. Oh, now, you know, the chase for a drug to fix my. No, you got to back off what is causing the dysfunction. It, it's 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 hideous because you know I, so I'm 75 now and they say people my age have seven to nine drugs you take because whatever yeah. drug you take has the adverse effects the harms and yeah. you have to take and a drug you have to for take that. the other drugs and to then, take care right. of that so four four and a half years four years ago I was diagnosed with lymphoma follicular lymphoma the mm. disease of people with chemical issues mm. it could have been I mean I was surprised but it it's not a surprise thinking about it because I had, I still have chemical sensitivities, just a lot better. Yeah, I haven't yeah, even yeah. talked about how that got better, but it got better, but I got lymphoma, right? So I, I go to a hematologist and I don't, I'm not going to do chemo. And of course that's what they want you to do. So I say, well, what else do we have? She has a monoclonal antibody. I take Chinese herbs as my main support. So mm -hmm. I agree to the monoclonal antibodies after I look them up and my Chinese herbs, they cover any harms that might happen. But they give me on the first day when I know nothing, I ask for half dose, right? Big argument. My doctor, a woman, was not there on the day of first treatment. Male doctor comes up standing over me in the chair and he yells at me, you're going to die if you don't do the treatment. And I, I'm saying, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go home and die then. And I left. You know, Good. I, I can't be treated that way. I can't no, be treated that way. That's no abusive, one, isn't no it? Yes. Yeah. So I'm home for two hours. I get a call. Come back. We'll do it exactly the way you were promised. So I go back, but no one told me they give you Benadryl, they give you steroids and they give you Tylenol with this drug. So when my doctor comes back, I said, look, uh, I don't want steroids. And then a week later, two weeks later, I said, oh, the next treatment, no Benadryl. And recently I said, why am I taking Tylenol? I've never even had a Tylenol until, until now. So my herbs take care of everything. I have had zero problem. And, Super. you know, I responded pretty well to the treatment. And then, you know, my doctor used to greet me with, I'm sure other people hear this too. Well, you know, you're not in remission. And I said to her, that is not your opening sentence. <laughs> your opening sentence is, wow, you look great. Really happy to see you this week. Thank you. Know? You, you know, we just recently started to, so we have licensed health professionals in our community. And we recently started trying to position them as a voice out there because you know, the field of psychiatry, like who is the voice? Well, we do have Chris Palmer, but so I said to them, what are our, what's the audience? And they said, oh, well, practitioners who are struggling themselves, the practitioner is sick. Uh, practitioners who are struggling with patients who aren't responding to their approaches and they're <laughs> discouraged and they're frustrated and they want to quit. But then there was a third population that we're going to focus on, which is patients who want to help their practitioners understand how to treat them. So yeah. bravo. And you're, you're educating your practitioner on uh, options, alternatives, ways to, ways to treat. It's yeah, a battle, yeah. but you know, when you win one, it's so fun. Like what are your <laughs> biggest wins? 
Well, that for sure, being able to get through to a lot of these doctors, but you know, I don't know that it carries over to their other patients. I don't know, but they know when they see me, they're not going to behave stupidly. They can't. I can't be told that. That is gone. That is over. No, it's it's important to me. But you know, I mean, I do try and train patients and people I talk to in general because it's good for everybody. You have to be. It's hard. You know, people don't like to take a stand, especially like the last generation. My father never told his doctor anything that the doctor didn't tell him. Right. I had a conversation once with my father. He had open heart surgery, two, two of them. So he had no veins in either leg that weren't messed up. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. says to me, I can't walk around. I have to take the golf cart. It was like his life was over. He had to take the golf cart. So I said, dad, they have microsurgery. And he literally said to me, oh, but my doctor didn't tell me that. Oh, therefore it does not exist. Right. Oh, yes. I remember my father suffered. Terrible lower back pain. You know, he was a control person. So his vertebrae were like clenched together and started impeding nerve. And um, I said, how about meditation? No. And then I I found an article front page of the the New York Times feature section or whatever. Look, here's a businessman who does meditation. He goes, I don't ever want you to bring that up again. You know, he died in so much pain. And yeah. you're, it's just, you know, but it's you've tough. done the right thing. You've said, I'm going to cast my net wide. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get on the internet, early internet, and just find the people who are ready and willing to listen. So bravo. Yeah. And, and also I reach out to mainstream groups all the time. And I ask them to connect to, to articles that we've written or our Facebook page articles or because there'll always be a subset of people in every mainstream organization who are interested, but yeah. you know, they're hesitant. Yeah. So yeah. we try and approach yeah. them gently. We have a handout that is on our website, but also a full color print in the mm-hmm. trifold. It's about simple natural methods to reduce treatment toxicity because everyone's right. going to suffer some of them. And a lot of people suffer a lot of them. And yeah. Terrible. Now there's this attitude of like it's like a sorority hazing. I got through it. You can get through it. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good attitude. Some people are much worse off. You know, interestingly and probably bizarrely, redheads suffer more nausea than other people from chemo drugs. Oh, oh, I think I've read about that. There's a reason for it. They have more of a certain hormone or something. Right. And you know, so but and but I mean, um, you know, prostate cancer. What are your harms? Well, surgery, radiation, they don't do chemo as much as other cancers, but surgery and radiation, uh-oh, you know, just the biopsy, uh-oh. All these things are very, it's very difficult. I mean, the, the, the doctors can only offer you tests or drugs or invasive surgery. You know, people yeah. say to me, well, the doctor said I should do this. I said, well, that's their job. <laughs> they have to tell you that. They can't yeah, tell they're you They're the anything. salesperson. They're the yes. salesperson for those yes. things on the shelf. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't know that doctors have um, surgery quotas. Like their their hospitals, you must recommend this this amount of surgery every month. That's so terrible. Once you know that, then you know always to get a second opinion from somebody who's not going to profit from it. Yes, and second opinion is a great idea. And a lot of people are afraid their doctor will be upset. And I say, if your Mm -hmm. doctor is upset that you chose wrong doctor for you, one doctor for you, you know, be brave enough to step up and go to a different one, but it's difficult. This training, early training, the doctor is so important, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm an irreverent person, so they cannot tell me what to do. 
and it's worked out well for me. But. Smart. Maybe you're not irreverent, but you're just smart. And you've well, figured out the medical system is uh, really, really good for XYZ. Certainly, if you have a trauma or any, like you definitely want to be in a hospital. Certainly, if you have an out of control infection, you want to be in the hospital, you want to be working with that. But just this refrain, they are not trained. They're not trained in all this other stuff. This brings up some other things. During the cancer treatment, the calcium, my blood calcium got very high. And uh, they said to me, oh, you have to go to the hospital. So I go to the hospital, which was, I had told my husband always, I don't want to go to a hospital, but we went. And what happens? They admit me to the hospital. They don't give me any treatment on day one. And on day two, they give me something that the doctor could have given me a shot. And then I'm trying to eat their, I'm trying to not eat their food. You're trying to not eat the food. This is during COVID. So I had some, I always travel with something that I could eat. But then I call my husband. I say, bring me organic fruit, you know, and nuts to the hospital. And they're telling me, oh, no, he can't come to the hospital. It's, you know, COVID. So I said, well, he'll just leave the bag outside and you can send someone. And we had a big argument. I won. So finally, I get my organic apples, my organic, my nuts, whatever, and I'm able to eat something. But meanwhile, the nutritionist comes to consult with me and the nutritionist says, well, we have organic tofu. So I said, oh, that's great. I'm going to have that for every meal. So the first time it comes, it's a sweet sauce. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a cancer patient. We don't do sugar. We don't do sugar. We avoid sugar. Can you imagine? So then I call the nutritionist. I'm sorry. I want it with no sugar. And she says, oh, that's not our recipe. She says, but we have salad. I say, okay, I'll have a salad. And this is my it comes. This is what it was. A bowl of iceberg lettuce. I kid you not. A bowl. Well, of and iceberg. did it have a sugary sauce on top of it? Well, of no. course the sauce was. But I said, you know, then I call her up and I said, you know, I have a great idea. Why don't you add some red onions here and maybe some cucumbers? And she says, oh, that is a great idea. Now, this is the head nutritionist of the hospital who could not think beyond having a bowl of iceberg lettuce as a salad. It's almost unbelievable, but that's what happened. And if it happened to me, you know, it happens. It's the craziest thing. But you know, I was that? hit by a, uh, I was uh, in a collision. And so I had to spend a couple of days in the hospital just uh, just before COVID broke three years ago. And I'm in Seattle. So Seattle was the first city. Anyway, it wasn't a COVID issue, but they they could only give me a um, a food that had a glaze on it, a sugary glaze. And I said, no, 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 I want it without the glaze. No, 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 because uh, you need that glaze to hold it together so you don't aspirate it. I was not in there with a respiratory problem. Oh, and again, I finally had to call call a, a food delivery service from the outside to get, to get a meal. So no, tricky. it's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. your best strategy is keep yourself super healthy and yes, so that absolutely. you don't have to, to well, go so in. I have a, a medic alert. And my medical alert says I'm allergic to antibiotics. I can only take IV vitamin C. Nice. But nice. that was disregarded. Disregarded <sighs> by the doctor. He said, nope, you're, you're fevery. You don't know what you're saying. We have to do antibiotics. I'm saying, no, I, I can't have them. Well, bottom line was they gave them to me anyway. And nobody sat with me. Now, clearly, I didn't die. Here I am. But I was sick. And it messed up my immune system and my digestive system. And it was despite oh, my, so stress, sorry. my 
Yes. So that and can you, it's not anybody. like you were feverish and didn't know what you were talking about because you had your you'd already right. planned for it. It's Let me check in here with Chef AJ. Sure. Chef AJ, do you want us? When do you want us to quit? Do you want to? Um, I'm, I'm enjoying this. We we can go up until just about twelve o'clock. Well, do you want us to, do you want to pull questions off your feed? The, the yeah, let me, feed? let me see if there are any. I mean, people had, had sent in some questions from you, Joan, but they're just for you about food addiction. So if you guys oh. have any questions based on today's topic or for Anne, please type them in the chat. And if they do, I will, I will un- come back and let you know. Yes, type in um, questions about um, remission. So Anne is a remission expert. She she didn't have to struggle through uh, food addiction. So one of the things that we're pretty expert in is um, if people people who can't change their food because there's a hidden addiction to sugar and gluten and flour and excessive salt and all those things. So we we started out, you know, just treating the process food addiction, but you have to treat the stress in order to calm the addiction. So we had the two big ones. Uh, processed foods and stress. Yeah. And and that's why I'm now really interested in remission because as I said, we started seeing not just control over food improve, but all these other conditions. So Sick. now yes. we have like you, we have a whole list of things. They're free. That's Qigong, it's breath work, it's meditation. Yes. You just open up YouTube and you just try out the videos until you find one that you like. So ask uh, in in the chat, guys, ask about remission. Ask about remission. There is a question from Amy. Do you have any ideas from recovery from the spike proteins from the COVID vaccine? Oh, good one. I I will tell you, I did have COVID last October and I used the coherent breathing. Uh, I did have really mysterious things like one night, my elbow just hurt like heck. But I use a combination of coherent breathing and then what's called a, a light meditation where you're focusing light, you're pretending like light is in the, the place that's hurting. And we do know that that releases your own uh, opioids. And that's a great internal, no side effects, no cost, no doctor visit, don't leave your, I'm not practicing medicine here. That's what I personally did, a combination of coherent breathing which we know releases oxytocin and serotonin into the bloodstream. And then the light meditation releases your own opioids. So, yeah. So what, what do you do for pain, Anne? Well, it's a combination of things for muscle pain. I use Arnica cream. I think mm-hmm. Arnica is terrific. I have trouble uh, with my, everyone hates my blood vessels when it's time, my veins, when it's time to get blood, which I'm going to do on Monday <laughs> and uh, not give blood, but have my blood taken for testing. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I tried heating my hand with the, I actually brought a heating pad with me oh. and I used a, a washcloth with hot water, uh, a variety oh. of things, but also the key thing is hydration. The more water mm-hmm. you drink, the better off you are for that. And lots of mm-hmm. other things, hydration, water, filtered water, very, very important. My house is triple filtered outside and I have under the sink as well. They're very good water. So smart. So smart. Mm-hmm. You can be uh, under assault from chemicals anywhere, you, you, inside your home, your water, your beauty products, your uh, soap, pro- any, anything can contain a toxic chemical. 
So yeah, one thing that that I do, you know, in a detox, um, cilantro, parsley, and dandelion leaves all bind to heavy metal. And then when you excrete, it takes the heavy metal out, which is very cool. And cilantro, I adore. Some people don't like it. Cilantro, parsley, parsley, and dandelion. Dandelion leaves. All three of them can be used to detox. Very easy. I have cilantro every single day. Some people don't like it. So parsley. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Some people. Truly interesting that fish is served with parsley as a garnish because somewhere down the line that knowledge existed. Everyone forgot where it came from, but parsley with fish because fish mercury, you know, like. Oh, because fish can be carrying those heavy metals. It's interesting because I I don't know when it happened because mercury is fairly recent in the water to the degree that it is. And yet parsley is a thing. It's just, you know, it's more than dumb luck. Uh, It is remarkable what people knew when, how long ago. Anything else in there, Chef AJ? Sorry, I mute myself in between. Yeah, there's a question for Anne. Do you still have to get tested for having had cancer? Like, do you still see an oncologist or get any kind of regular screening? Yeah, that's a good question. So in the beginning, there's a lot of tests. I had less than most people because I wasn't doing the conventional treatment. But nowadays, they kind of say two two scans a year, uh, you know, maybe a mammogram, which only detects cancer, does not prevent you know, it's important to know a colonoscopy, which is done every five years now, uh, unless you have family history, is also detection, but it can be prevention because they take out polyps. So someone like me, I'm a long time out. I get blood work done because I have lymphoma for the last four years, but I don't, I don't do a scan unless I think there's something happening. It's my opinion that our body will tell us either two weeks before or two weeks after a scan. So I go with that. And I feel I have a tumor right now, but you know, it's not life-threatening. I just have one. And and that's not life-threatening. I've overcome 25 in the breast Mm -hmm. and the chest Mm -hmm. wall. So Mm -hmm. I don't fear it. And I don't do scans because every scan is an exposure to radiation. And that's a lot over time, especially any mammogram is ionizing radiation. It's absolutely a cause of cancer. And if you have it a couple of times a year for people at higher risk, I'm not a fan. I think there are other things you can do, self-exam, and you know, also be aware of your own body. I mean, if you have a partner, yeah. you have your partner look at the back. Did we develop that topic? Be aware of your own body. How did you have to, or how do you maintain a really good sense of intuition? Yeah, well, for me, you know, I felt every tumor I had, except one, was hidden under another one. But I, I'm so conscious of what might be. You know, when when the lymphoma developed. I was dumb. I had a, a lymph gland. I thought it was related to the fact that I have lymphedema of the left side because back in the day they took 18 lymph nodes without my expressor informed consent. Oh my gosh, that story. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. just made my blood it's, boil. I know it's it's that's what they did back then. And you know, it's funny because the doctor said to me back then, Do you have any questions? And I couldn't imagine that he hadn't told me everything I needed to know. So I didn't ask him anything. And anyway, so now I have this, this tumor thing, this lump. And then I thought, you know, oh, it's getting bigger. Maybe I better find out what it is. So finally, I decided to get a biopsy and it proved to be cancer, which was surprised, but okay, because I lived through cancer before. I knew immediately I could survive it. That, I mean, that's how I roll. You know, let's say with cancer, they tell you, you have a 10% survival in this particular cancer. Well, I'm in that 10%. I mean, why would you be in any other party? Well, that's and... The- Kelly Turner makes a very good point. They're talking about all people 
they're not talking about the people like you who go out and create a whole profile of things to do. We just had yeah, a member yeah. of our community be, get one of those diagnoses. Oh, 10% chance he'll be alive in seven months, 7% chance that you'll be alive in five years. And she did all the things that you're talking about, plus uh, some that we offer. And four months later, scan, no sign of disease. That's great. This stuff works. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. I'm not a fan of scans unless there's a really serious, important reason to do it. And there really isn't, in my opinion, for the most part, because unless they need to find something and locate it so they can treat it in that location, otherwise your body will tell you it, it almost always does. I mean, it's. Yeah. And the things fan. that, you know, the things that I do for cancer prevention, I'm not doing them for cancer prevention. I'm doing them because they've created incredible, great life for me. They're totally <laughs> free. The Qigong, the breath work, the meditation, the visualizations, the community, the socializing, the laughing. I would be doing those anyway. And they're yeah, fun. It's great. They're fun. That's yeah. great. I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, my husband and I work on getting joy everywhere all the time, yes. every day. The little things. We we both come from New York City. So New York City, there's no nature. Now we live in South Florida. We have a giant uh-huh. lighting glass thing. We have a lake behind us and there's birds oh, every day. There's a bunny beautiful. rabbit out the front door. There's birds out the back door. Beautiful. So we see everything. And my husband's are saying, look at that bird, look at that. They come to my lawn because we don't have any pesticides sprayed on mm-hmm. our property. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they're mm-hmm. all around us. But my property, we have delicious bugs apparently because all the birds are Well, there. you know what? You're mentioning another thing that's absolutely free, totally changes the composition of your blood. And that is getting out in nature. Yeah. yeah. All these things are so cool. Isn't it extraordinary that they tell you that a poster of nature can work too? So if you can't yes, go to yes. nature, hang the up a poster. The people in the hospitals a- who have a, a window out to even the sky, green or blue, they do better than the people who yeah. have no window at amazing, all. Amazing, right? It's amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, and we it's have just, the tools. They're in our life. Yes. As yes, you said. And, it, yes. you know, and they're good for everybody. Doesn't matter well, yes, if you're sick. You'll be well. Uh, I am grateful to you because when people listen to a conversation about these things, a very important thing happens, which is called normalization. Oh, it's normal to do this. Oh, it's normal to get a big result. And you don't hear that very much. So let me go back to Chef AJ. Any more questions, Chef AJ? Yes, there's a couple. So here is uh, one. There is one for Anne about how she restored her microbiome after antibiotics. Mm. And mm, was there an good. extended time where she had lost her appetite and how did she deal with it? So fermented foods, uh, every, every kind that I could think of, I still have a bunch in my house. I ate sauerkraut very often. I have kimchi in the house. I like spicy food. I use turmeric every single day, black pepper with it. I use ginger. I tried it. I tried to, I also use a very high quality probiotic. And the thing about probiotics that I was taught you, you, you take whatever group you take, it enhances that those particular probiotics. So there's many. So you want to change up after three months and try mm-hmm. a different combo and make sure they're different. You look at the label and then you try them so that you enhance more than just the five or 10 or 15 in the first dose. You're going with another different, you know, and, and I do that. And um, I constantly try to eat food that is more helpful. And again, you know, I said I eat organic as much. I, I eat organic all the time except my once a week Indian food. 
I love it. That's all I can say. <laughs> my dream is that next door to me, an Indian chef moves in and I give her my organic vegetables and fruits and she makes my meal. But anyway, not going to happen. <laughs> it's a dream. But yeah, uh, so, you know, but, you're bringing up another really great point, which is your profile of what you choose to do is up to you. Yeah. Nobody can tell, and you know, you know, oh, you you are inorganic ones. So, no, this is Annie's profile. She's developed it. She's in touch with her body. I have a pro profile. I probably eat some things that would send somebody else into. Oh, you eat that, but or I do that, or I don't do this other thing. Don't be intimidated. Just pay attention to your own voices inside you. So another thing that I do that a lot of people with cancer do is coffee enemas. They help you detox the liver. And I've been doing them since February, 1995. So mm -hmm. for a time I did four a day, then I mm -hmm. did three a day, then two a day. Now I do one every single morning. Mm -hmm. I it, like most of the people who stuck with it. I love it. I mean, seriously, I love mm -hmm. it. It's my personal time on earth. Nothing interferes with it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it brings me joy and, um, and it detoxes my liver. So, Hey, so and I you know what? Win. You're worth it. You're worth it. This is <laughs> a message that the culture sends us all the time. Oh, you're, you know, this is wrong with you. That's wrong with you. And it just, it gets depressing and you think, oh, well, why should I try? But you are, you are worth it. And it just comes through your sharing again and again, and again, I am powerful. I am worth it. I am valuable. I am going to speak my truth. I know what my truth is. And you got to have that. You got to have that sense of, I would call it empowerment and intuition and self knowledge. And you are just exuding that. Well, you know, it's, it's a better way to live. Uh, all the way around. Was, yes. In 97, they told me I had stage four cancer. I could have had a lot of unhappy years, but I decided what, what's that point of no, that? Not you know, doing I that. I live in joy and happiness. And, and that's what, yeah, which also changes in gratitude. You know, if you want to improve like the amount of immune function in your bloodstream, start thinking about what you're grateful for. Free. Doesn't cost a thing. What else do you got for us? Okay. So uh, that's so interesting, Anne, that you talked about kimchi and sauerkraut because that was my show yesterday. Oh, cool. And that's so funny. Uh, synchronicity. And Joyce says, how can doctors expect patients to ask questions about procedures and outcomes that they don't have any awareness of? It happens all the time. Yeah, well, you know, and that's, that's, that's an interesting thing, because we always hear the natural world has to say, uh, ask your doctor, you know, ask your doctor, don't do anything with that. But when you ask your doctor, they don't know anything, but they don't necessarily <laughs> tell you they don't know. So I have a question that I've told people to say, and that is, what is your evidence for saying no? Mm -hmm. That way, mm -hmm. put the doctor on, because they're saying, oh, there's all this evidence for, for the treatment, conventional treatment. And I say, what is your evidence for saying no to yoga? nutrition, whatever, because that sort of makes it. Because yeah. the no is shorthand for, I don't know a single thing about it, and I'm not going to bother to look it up either, which is terrible. Well, the other thing that you're bringing up is that the FDA approves, the Federal Drug, or the Food and Drug Administration approves the efficacy, the effectiveness of drugs at a very low level. You know, you only, you only have to Months. show some kind of effect in what, 30% of your population? or less. So yeah, yeah the FDA in, in oncology, if you have a two month difference and it, the advantage could be minuscule, but two months better. And I challenge what the better is. Oh, and know, survival. Outcome. 
they don't look at the harm. They don't go with real survival anymore. They don't go with overall survival. They go with regression-free survival, meaning your disease didn't get any worse during that time period. Right. But you didn't get any better and you suffered the harms. It's, you just, you have to know these things. Everybody is listening and thank goodness for Chef AJ. You have to know the the angles behind the scenes that that yes. oh, you just one of get my to least, do your own research. One yeah. of my least favorite things they say was well tolerated. The drug was well tolerated. And I've asked many, many, many of them, did you try it? Because, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but was the drug worse it. than the disease I mean, or was the disease worse than the drug? Yeah. And it's a damn Yeah, where slope. can people find you? I, I, I have the antiappleseedproject.org. That's our website. Also a Facebook page, facebook.com slash project. Respond to every email and people can, you know, I prefer email because the information I have, I can guide them to web-based, you know, information. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do, do it in writing. But I chat if people really want to, I'll talk on the phone, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I have yeah. to make myself available. We just had our conference. So everybody's really still feeling the glow of that. Me too. You know, is fabulous. And All right. And you can find, so we have an online community. We've talked about a lot of modalities. We have an online community that makes it easy for you to try all these modalities. It's a four-month program. You're with us all day long, and you can pile on as many of these as you have time. It's just, just easy. So, Chef AJ, thank you for having us. Oh, my God. Thank you both. Uh, thank what you an inspiring story. And yeah. Yeah. Disease, is, disease can be put into remission. Remission, remission, remission. Don't accept treatment to slow it down. Don't accept treatment to just to, to uh, you know, minimize the consequences. Find somebody who's going to work with you to put it into remission. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Anne. It's very inspiring and you have such a thank wonderful you. attitude. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank we'll you. We'll see you in a month on Food Addiction Friday. Yep, look forward to it. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time when we have the Arthritis Recovery Hour with Clint Patterson. He'll be talking about omega-3 fatty acids and joint inflammation. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.